0: Howdy, folks, and welcome to A Green Way Forward. I'm your host, David Cobb, coming at you from Eureka, California, joined by my co-host, Michael O'Neill in Syracuse, New York. Howdy, Michael. Hey, David. So I'm really excited about this show. And before we jump right in, I want to remind all of you who are watching live on Facebook to share this on your own page and any page that you mention. Manage. I also want to give a big shout out to Gloria Matera, who I just saw is hosting a watch party for us. So thank you to Gloria and anybody watching us live on Gloria's watch party. The other thing I want to do is to remind everyone that uh, we are also podcast available. So you can go to the website, agreenwayforward.org, download a podcast or find our podcast podcast Uh, on iTunes or any other place where fine podcasts are available. But here's the important thing. You've got to go to the website, agreenwayforward.org, and sign up. So you'll get a weekly announcement about guests, including not only what topics we're covering, but also some premiums that Michael and I are cooking up for you. So, with that, I want to jump right into today's program or this week's program, because this week we are joined by Jennifer Sullivan. She is a longtime Green Party activist at the local, state, and national level. She is a past co chair of the Green Party of Florida. She is, in addition to that, a past national committee person representing Florida and currently the co chair of the Green Party Women's Caucus. Jennifer Sullivan, welcome to A Green Way Forward.
1: Hi. Um, actually, I'm a delegate to the Women's Caucus. Fantastic. Well, thank like, you for that yeah. correction <laughs> sure. and, uh, a delegate
0: uh, uh, under the Women's Caucus. So I want to uh, give you the chance to talk about the actual lobby week that you and other Greens are organizing, where Greens from all over the United States are converging on Washington, D.C., April 1st through the 5th. Jennifer, tell us what's going on.
1: Well, it's you know it's pretty exciting. We've got people from as far as uh, Washington State and coming to Washington D.C. So, being Greens, we're the party of common sense and good conscience, and it behooves us to be the first to step up. And instead of doing the half measures that Congress has been doing for years and years, I worked on the mccain Gold trying to get signatures for that, and and it's it's never. It's really never enough. And HR1 has got some dangerous things in it. It's got over 700 pages. And when anything is that long, you know there's going to be things buried in it that aren't good. Um, we just like to go the route of like Dennis Kucinich or Alan Grayson where they wrote nice, short, sweet to the point, nothing to hide Bill, So we wrote one, and it's just saying 100% public phone uh, funding only for all elections.
0: So I'm going to stop that you include- right there, Jennifer, and give Michael O'Neill a chance to deep, do a quick deep dive in his critique of HR1 because Michael was one of the first people who recognized that poison pill there. Michael O'Neill?
2: Well, there's two aspects of the poison pill. There's two pills in HR1. One is the, um, uh, the threat to uh, the um, 5% threshold that if a party gets 5% of the vote for president, then it would win automatically public grants for their presidential nominee in future elections. That will be completely abolished by H.R. 1. The other poison pill- So I want to
0: stop you right there because sure. that's a big deal that you just Thank said, you. right? So people who are longtime viewers, listeners of this podcast or video stream know that, but if, it's, if you're a first-time uh, viewer or don't really follow it, Uh, You may not know this because literally I have seen almost no other uh, media source actually talk about this. Literally the 5% sort of magic number that greens have been striving for since 2000 with Ralph Nader that would qualify us for 50, $60 million with which to do the next presidential campaign. That would be eliminated
2: by HRY. Yes. Exactly. And then the, um, and then the existing, Matching funds program for the primary that Green Party candidate Jill Stein was able to make use of in 2016. They're going to move the goalposts on that to move it back out of reach of grassroots candidates who are not billionaires, uh, which by definition probably would make them not a grassroots candidate. Uh, <laughs> and then, and so it would just be it would just be matching funds from the very beginning all the way through election day. So H.R. 1 actually moves us further away from a system of full public campaign finance. Uh, Even for the general election, they would take away that option.
0: So, Jennifer, I want to make sure that I understand. So uh, the lobby week uh, that the Green Party is sponsoring is actually 100 percent full publicly funded elections. Yes.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, parties that are a recognized party in their state. They should be able to put forward a candidate, and whoever they select, that should be equal with any other party and this what we we're in this two party system where it's just locked in and they're doing everything they can. I mean, when they took you know the um debates away from the League of Women Voters, and they control the debates. They don't let and it doesn't matter how well you do or how many people would really like to hear you you're not allowed in the debates if you're not one of the two parties. And you know, you look back at the, the last election where they had seven Republicans at prime time and then seven Republicans that were earlier debating. So they had 14 different Republicans debating and the ones that came earlier that were polling lower than Jill. So it, it doesn't even, you know, it's far from democracy. And, and what we're looking for is just equal airtime for all candidates and revoke the license of any station that refuses to do it. I mean, we, the public is supposed to own the airwaves. And we're, we're always acting like we're, you know, submissive to whatever the market says. And, and you know, we, we need to take more control of our democracy. And the same thing with, like, the flyers. It would be free speech. It would still be sent by the Postal Service. And it would be a flyer that would talk about an actual topic what do you say about climate change as a candidate? And so you have every candidate saying what they said would do. And that way it, it has more information for whoever would agree with what these candidates are saying. Um, you know, you don't, you just don't hear that. You When you get flyers in the mail, you get things like um, how bad some other candidate is, you know, they sling mud or they, make promises that we had one here, um, our governor that ran for Senate and won, he was claiming to do all the things that he didn't do. (laughs) It was just like, wow, you were looking at this and he was talking about, he was the the one that was stopping and working for climate change when he actually denied any state worker to say the words climate change or global warming.
2: So Jennifer, it it, it occurs to me that um, we have, In the United States, we have an insanely long election campaign for president, longer maybe than any country I can think of that's of a comparable democracy. You know, we have candidates who are campaigning already for president, right? We have an almost two-year election cycle for president, and yet people in this country complain that, oh, well, we can't possibly get through all the candidates if we let all the (laughs) candidates have something to say, we can't possibly have enough debate airtime for all these for all these candidates that you want to throw willy-nilly. You know, yeah, the other countries on a on a 6-month election cycle are able to go through uh, multi multiple parties that have representation in their uh, national governments and field candidates for their prime minister or for um or for president however they work their system. So uh, what do you think is the is that that unique United States stubbornness that here we give almost two full years for an election, but then we say, oh, well, we, we have to, we can only talk to the, the richest, most powerful candidates from the start of the bat.
1: Correct. Well, I mean, that's because we have a cartocracy or a plutocracy. Um, it's it doesn't have to be this way and we need to change the paradigm and we need to change it because it's only getting worse every election. And in my opinion, the election starts the day after the president is elected. They start talking about who might run in 2020, and it, you know, and, and then again, it'd just be the next. I, I, we're, we're way, way farther than any other countries, and we have that on our website, um, www. Do you have that on the screen that with the um, Greens versus Greed. talks about other countries and how long their election cycles are and how they publicly fund. And another thing is, oh, we have such a large country, it would just be, you know, so hard for people to. well, wait a second, back that up, because we have internet and we have TV and radio, it broadcasts everywhere, why would that be a problem for, you know, people to find out about different candidates? It's not like they have to do whistle-stop train trips or anything. Um And if they do have an event, they should all go to the same event and meet people there or have it a debate on TV. Um, You know, there's just things that we could do differently. Other countries do them differently, and they get more of the people's choices. And we are also this country that we claim to have more than two parties, but they do everything they possibly can, as I've said before, to keep everybody else out.
0: Folks, you're listening to and or watching A Green Way Forward. I'm your host, David Cobb, joined by co-host Michael O'Neill. Our guest today, Jennifer Sullivan, longtime Green Party organizer and activist from Florida. She is now one of the principal organizers of a lobby week, April 1 through 5 in Washington, D.C., to support the concept of full publicly funded elections. Jennifer, I want to really underscore, you're talking about not just a lobby day, but a lobby week. I want you to hit just in a broad uh, sense, what's happening that week?
1: All right. Well, um, first of all, this is a free form thing where different states come in at their own leisure because you have certain states like my state, we have four lobbyists coming in because we have to split the amount of uh, Congress members and two senators that we want to see and try to see everybody. One of us, one group took 15 and the other one took 14. Or we can see all 29 during the week. And also we can help out other, other um, states if they need it. But um, the states will be coming like the first day, we'll have an, a meeting at the Tabard Inn at 6 from 6 to 8 p.m. And that's located in Washington, D.C. at uh, 1739 North, or N Street Northwest. And um, if you're familiar with Washington D.C., there's the alphabetical streets, so it's a little little tricky to get used to, but it's right off of uh, Dupont Circle. It's very close to that. But anyway, that's what we do. Our organizing meeting for people that are going to get their Sunday night, and that'll be on the 31st of um, March, and then after that, we just you know states go at their leisure. Some states can do it in one day. Some states are going to need a whole week, like we will. New York, um, California, Texas, bigger states, and um, Ohio. Pennsylvania, Illinois, bigger—they have a little bit more um, to see, more people to see. But some states only have two senators and one Congress member, so I mean they can do it easily in a day. Uh, so then, anyway, that would go from from the day that you can make your appointments or just stop in, stop into the office. But the idea is to see the campaign finance aid. I mean, if you can actually get to a congressman or a senator, great but at least the aid because they have their ear and they're the ones that, you know, you want to influence and um, that would go all day long. However long people want to work on the first through the fifth on the third, we're all meeting. It's Wednesday the third at three o'clock at the steps of the Supreme court building. We have a banner and it's public funding, 100% public funding of all elections. And, um, that evening from – so we'll do like a photo op there and also a press conference. And that evening at 6 to 8 o'clock at Busboys and Poets, 450 K Street Northwest. in we'll be an event. The MC is Darlene Elias, who is a spokesperson for the National Women's Caucus of the Green Party of the United States. And then uh, the speakers are Daryl Mock and Justin Jacoby smith um, strategist at Institute for Policy Studies, Howie Hawkins, and Craig Holman of Public Citizens Campaign Finance Expert. So that will be the event and it'll be participatory. People, you know, they'll they'll be speaking and then we'll have a discussion period and I'll be at the prize table with raffle tickets. <laughs> and then
0: that's sort of a so it sounds like a, a solid week of activities. I also want to remind viewers who are watching live, if you've got a comment or a question, please uh, drop that into the comment section. Michael O'Neill will be harvesting them, as he's already done, because I want to let you know, Jennifer, that David has written in with just a thank you. He writes... Kudos to Jennifer and all the Greens working so hard to jump through all the hoops to get the party where it needs to be. So you're getting some love on the comment section, Jennifer. Uh, and then Ellen actually ra- writes in with the question: what can we do to break the stranglehold mentality of the general populace? How can we get more people to stop thinking that they must vote for or support only a Democrat or a Republican? How can we stop the argument that third parties don't matter?
1: That's a toughie. That's something we've been working on for a long time because it really just, it's changing the paradigms. And sometimes you have to get to a point where it's so bad. And then, you know, maybe, maybe people will finally realize we do need something. But I think we have to play off of our strong points. For one thing, we're doing this. We want to draw attention to this issue that, it's a reality it's a possibility that we can do one hundred percent public funding of all elections It's not like that that it can't happen. it could happen, and we want to draw attention to the fact that we're being strangleholded all us and the other parties that are considered third parties, the fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth. any of these parties um, there's we're being cut off at the knees really with this um, losing. The I mean, it was matching funds with 5% in 20 states. Now they kicked it up to 25%. And that's a lot of money to be able to pour $25,000 rather instead of 5000 And we were able to get the 5000 So because we were, they threw that in there. And they need to stop putting poison pills in bills. And we want to draw attention to that. So when we draw attention, we need to speak out. And that's the main thing that we can do. And just keep pointing out the different things. We do have influence. And so it does matter. For instance, they are using the Green New Deal. And then when you speak of the Green New Deal, Howie Hawkins was the first candidate to run with the Green New Deal. And when he was debating on the uh, New York governor debate, they had Libertarian, Green Republican, and Diet. And Cuomo was asked, "Well, what about fracking?" And Cuomo said, "Well, I have to have more facts." He said. I have the facts and he started laying out the facts and lo and behold, there was no backing out for Cuomo and he banned fracking of the three states that has banned fracking in our country. So we do have an influence. So it's it's worth us getting our voice out there. So anyone that thinks that it isn't, you know, they just are, uh, you don't want to come into like a a know-it-all mode or anything, but you just want to give them a positive you know, story. Like, Hey, wait a second. You know, when we had a, um, uh, McLaughlin in um, Richmond. When she was the mayor of Richmond, she um, had, you know, she was in charge of like, well, not in charge, but she had Chevron to clean up their pollution, and you know, so I mean, Gail McLaughlin had made an effect as a green mayor of a major city. So
2: Jennifer, if I can just jump in, office, we do things. If I can jump in, um, so I really appreciate that you're bringing up how. This uh, this issue of campaign financing, full public campaign financing, which maybe at first blush to some of our our audience might seem like a dry topic, how that connects directly to the issues that people feel very passionately about, like cleaning up pollution in our our communities, like banning fracking, like getting a real green new deal. Could you share more about your vision for how this? Uh, This issue of full public campaign uh, finance and, say, also uh, other forms of electoral reform like single transferable vote, how those connect to the the crises that we're facing, the economic and ecological crises and the radical solutions that we need to fight them.
1: Well, it's one of the, the challenges is for someone to actually think and how I like to frame it to someone is like, think of anything that isn't affected by money in elections. Well, it's clean energy development, fair wages, immigration, racial and religious justice, incarceration, health care, education, real peace, election procedures, gun violence, poverty, public transit, our involvement worldwide. There's even more. I mean, anything that happens, um, the definition of the word political is someone who is astute. If you're political, you're a student looking out for your own best interests. So it's good to be political. It's good to look out for your own best interests. And this is one way where we're... We're losing all the time because we can't, you know, put in politicians that owe someone, you know, for their campaign donation. And a lot of times they may not even want to take it. They have to spend their time in office trying to get um, the the funds and donors instead of doing work that they should be doing and concentrating on that. And when they... If they refuse to do it, the person—let's just say it's big pharma—they slap down a hundred thousand dollars. Here's your campaign. Pass this bill, but if you don't, I'll give the hundred thousand dollars to your opponent. I mean, these are the sort of things that happen every day in in you know DC, and, and we need to free our candidates and elected officials up from having to do that. And so, Jennifer, you know, if we can put Amendment, it another
2: way, um, mm-hmm. we could say that. Uh, Corporate money in elections is why we can't have nice things.
1: That's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's things for us, things that we right. want, and that's why we're calling the event that we're having at Busboys and Poets. How can or how public funding of elections saves taxpayers' dollars? Because what we are spending our tax dollars on, say Boeing jets, for instance, we could actually be spending that on t- having Boeing create wind uh, turbines or more investment in solar energy, uh, clean energy things. Um, so, I mean, we could create jobs, we could have clean energy, renewable energy, and also protect us from climate change, no matter who's causing it. We don't even have to get into the argument about these things, but, um, you know, I mean, we do have, if you look at the amendment one, it does say freedom of speech. There's no abridging freedom of speech. Well, when they talk about, and this is going back to those things that Dave has worked with with Move to amend, where you you know money isn't speech and people, corporations aren't people. Well, neither are unions. they're they're full of people and everything. No one should be donating. It should just be pull even funds for everyone, and may the best candidate win, because you know it isn't free speech when you have to pay for it. If I was going to say, here's my, here's a bike, you can have it for free." but give me $500, then it isn't free. So anytime that money is involved, it's it's not free. And there's so also Jennifer a lot of So Jennifer,
0: writes in to ask, can you refer me to books or other resources that talk about publicly funded elections?
1: Uh, well, I mean, there are probably a lot of, I think that you can just Google and find out a lot of them. I mean, it's, it's just all over the place. Uh, there is a so book can, um, called-
0: Let me jump in. There is a really good one called Subsidizing Democracy, How Public Funding Changes Elections and How It Works. Uh, That comes out of Cornell University. It's a go-to book. Uh, I would strongly recommend that particular book.
1: Okay, yeah. And and David K. Jensen's written some good ones about, you know, how the rich feed at the trough of the public. Uh, There's one called Unsavory Truth." And um, that one is by Marion Nestle. And it talks about the food industry. And so, I mean, it, you just, you name, I mean, there's, there's so many. And there is a law in the books, speaking of Cornell. It's, um, you can look this up at Cornell University. It's called Title 18, Subsection 201 of the United States Criminal Code. It says, whoever directly or indirectly, corruptly gives, offers, or promises anything of value to any public official with intent to influence any official act or being a public official directly or indirectly, corruptly, demands, seeks, receives, accepts, or agrees to receive or accept anything of value personally for any other reason, or person or from any other person reason, um, the return for being influenced in the performance of their official act shall be fined not more than three times the monetary equivalent of the thing of value or imprisoned for more than not more than fifteen years or both. And may be disqualified from holding any office of honor, trust, and profit on the United States. Well, the NGOs, they hold them to that. They lose their funding. Well, we can do that to them. They lose their funding if they do anything partisan politically, which so I want to make you know, sure to, we can do that with our candidates. And,
0: Jennifer. So, Juan Andrew asks Is the Green Party going to the March 30th event in Washington, D.C. to protest the effort for quote regime change in venezuela so jennifer or michael do either of you uh, are either of you able to speak to that
1: well greens will be going to things like that and also nato's 70th anniversary is also going on at the same time
0: so the answer is yes greens will be uh, mobilizing there michael do you have any yeah. other specifics
2: no i do not
0: So thank you, Jennifer, for that uh, quick uh, answer. And i always happy to know that Greens uh, are uh, involved in street actions, especially those in D.C. Uh, Kerry writes in to say, I voted for Jill Stein in the last general. I was a lifelong Democrat. I dim-exited and joined the Green Party. The corporate media dragged Jill Stein out of the debates. We need all the candidates on the stage they do not want the public to get acquainted with the Green Party because the Green Party is for the people. The corporate parties are for the corporation interest. So I got to say, Jennifer, this is a new Green uh, who just joined us. I got to say, I think Carrie's got our talking points down
1: pretty darn good. What do you think? She sounds great. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we've got we've got these things in our heads that we think it has to be a certain way. Um, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, the countries that are from the Soviet Union, and African countries, they're, they're very young. I mean, India and Pakistan are only 70 years old. Ireland is less than 100 years old. Uh, Germany and Italy are less than 150 years old. I mean, it's not like these things have been written in stone. These, you know, Italy used to be a federation of city-states. And all the, you know, the major cities had their towers and they fought each other and you know, and we always think of them like, oh, all those European countries have been around forever. Only England and Greece or not Greece. I, England and France have been around, you know, as as established countries in Europe. And then, of course, I, I Greece has been there forever. But but other than that, I mean, it's it's not like these things can't change. Um, the Soviet Union, you know, dissolved and it lost. It became just Russia. So, there are things that can happen. We just have to start making them happen. And that's one of my favorite sayings that has always gets me motivated. And it is there's three kinds of people one who makes things happen, one who watches things happen, and those who wonder what happened. I always want to be trying to make things happen somehow. And I think that should be a model for all new greens and old greens. And, you know, anyone that really wants to see things better, you just got to keep trying because to. To give up and to give in ends up being, you know, it, it's, it's complicity. and, and it's complicity not an option. Is, right
2: Giving up is not an option. Yeah,
1: Great. Is, I like right. how Andy Warhol, got to do.:
0: I like how Andy Warhol said it. He, he said, "You know, they say that time changes everything, but it's not true. You actually have to change things yourself. So there is really is a lot of both agency and also responsibility as we contemplate the ecological crisis, uh, the devastating effects of the climate crisis, as well as uh, the loss of habitat. You know, the, the ecological collapse that is not coming—it's here in beginning. You con- couple that with the economic crisis that's driving this political crisis. I'm going to conclude, folks, with an appeal to you that. You don't just need the Green Party. The Green Party needs you. We need each other, so we need you to get involved with us. Jennifer, the time has just flown by. I do want to give you an opportunity for any final
2: thoughts.
1: Well, I, I do appreciate um, that how we were able to work this, even though my laptop kind of went down. <laughs> um, I have to get a new one before DC. But um, anyway, I, I really enjoy this opportunity to share with people, and I want to encourage them that if they can. You know, grab a last minute ticket to DC. We're there. You can connect with us through, um, uh, greensversusgreed.org. And also we have a Facebook page, a national lobby for 100% public funding of all elections. So there's two ways to contact us. And also, um, if you can't make it from your state, you still can make a phone call. It's the idea was to get a lot of greens concentrated to maybe make it more, you know, like, um, attractive to the media. Because we do get barred a lot from the media. But if we have enough people in the area and some events going on, it can attract the media to us. And so that was the reason to do that. Plus, you know, it's a good training for people to go into Washington, D.C., walk the halls of Congress, go have lunch in the the basement of the the cafeteria at the Longworth building. And, you know, kind of get an idea because once you come back from lobbying, you actually are better at state level and lobbying at your local level, you realize, hey, these are just people. And actually, I'm probably smarter than they're, you know, (laughs) we'll probably find a lot of Greens that will feel that they will be very empowered by this. And it's a good thing to get together. And uh, we also
0: get so much for what you're doing to organize National Lobby Week. Folks, I encourage you to go to GP.org to get more information about that. I also want to entice folks, you know that we're a weekly show, but on April Fool's Day, we got a heck of a show coming, don't we, Michael O'Neill?
2: Yeah, I am very excited that uh, the comedian Ron Placone is going to be our guest next Monday. Uh, You might recognize Ron from the Jimmy Dore Show, where he is a regular contributor there. He also has his own live stream called Get Your News On with Ron. Uh, He is an amazing, funny, incisive, leftist voice uh he has helped me stay sane in these crazy uh times since the trump election and liberals losing their minds uh since trump's election so uh i'm really excited to have ron on uh, next week
0: so i gotta just wait michael o'neill please it's april 1st april fool's day are you telling us and our viewers that we're actually going to get Ron Boone on April 1st on a Greenway forward?
2: Look, I don't know if Ron describes himself as a fool, but uh you know, I come from the Reverend Billy and Church of Stop Shopping School of Activism where the fool is a a holy and revered figure. It's the fool and the and the jester who's willing to tell the king that he's an idiot when no one else will. So, uh, I don't know how Ron feels about that or his perspective on it, but uh, I certainly have a uh, high place for comedy and satire uh, within the movement. So it's a, a happy coincidence that we'll have a comedian on on, on April Fool's Day.
0: Well, I got to say, Michael, your your Shakespeare is showing. Uh, and like you, I revere the, the fool and the truth teller. So, And I just want to say a big thank you to Michael O'Neill because he landed us that guest. We're real excited, folks. You really want to join us next Monday, April 1st. 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern uh, with Ron Placone, who is coming on to A Green Way Forward. I want to thank Jennifer Sullivan. I want to thank Michael O'Neill. But most importantly, I want to thank you, the viewer-listener. A Greenway Forward, just like the Green Party, is getting larger, stronger, and better organized every day. A big part of that is because you are sharing this on your own page or pages that you manage. You're going to the website at greenwayforward.org and sign up. So keep doing that. Let's grow this audience. Let's grow this movement.
2: Keep on keeping on. Peace. A Greenway Forward is broadcast live on Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time from Dr. Jill Stein's Facebook page. Subscribe to our podcast and e-newsletter at agreenwayforward.org to make sure that you never miss an episode. You can also find us and rate us on iTunes with more podcast platforms being added each week. Our theme music is Retro Future Dirty by Kevin McLeod, whose fine music can be found at incomptech.com and is available for use under a Creative Commons attribution license. This is Michael O'Neill for David Cobb reminding you to please spread the word about a Greenway Forward and to send us your thoughtful questions and comments to aGreenwayForward at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.